podcast. We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. So today's uh, speaker, we've got the amazing Lucy Lyon, who, um, yeah, apparently needs no further introduction. You're just amazing, so they love you already. And Phil Lyon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For this talk this morning, actually, it's really important that um, you're kind of connected with a table because it's quite interactive in nature. So what we've got is three um, questions for us to little think, to think about something, um, reflecting on hospitality and encountering Jesus. Um, so link yourselves up with a table if you're not, um, and then we'll be sharing some bits and some stories around it. So it's quite relaxed, but we do need you to do your work. Um, and do a little bit of thinking, and we will be finding out what, you, um, what you've been chatting about, so don't just talk about, you know, what you've been watching on telly or something. There's just three questions, and that's going to structure our talk this morning. All right, so today we're talking about encountering at the table, encountering Jesus specifically. Um, each of you have a seat reserved on your table. There's one at the front here that the people online might be able to see um, as well, and that, that chair is actually reserved for Jesus today. Physically, Jesus is no longer walking the earth, but by his Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus can join us at our table. So our prayer is that we will encounter Jesus together, and that's a small reminder. I want you to imagine that a man called Jesus, who is also God, is sitting on that chair, and he wants to meet you, he wants to listen to you, share food and conversation with you. So we're going to pray a prayer at the very start of this, along those lines, Uh, so Simon, can you put the the prayer up? Because I'd like people to kind of go with me on this. So read it if you agree. Let's say it out loud. So God of welcome, you invite me into your family. I sit at your table and I taste and I enjoy your word to me. Help me to receive all you have for me today. It's going to be a bit like this this morning, a bit of a double act. So Jesus is the starting point. It's the inspiration of how we live our lives. Um, so as I, we've got these, this chair as a little bit of a, a, a visual example, but I suppose what we were thinking about, what would it be like um, to hang out with Jesus? Um, you know, share a drink or a snack with him. There was lots of snacking going on in the front here. I loved that. But what would it be to share our snacks with Jesus um, or to relax with him or chill out with him? Um, so our first question we've got for your tables is going to come up. What examples can you think of Jesus eating and welcoming others from the Bible? And have a think in those stories, what was it like for those people when they were hanging out with Jesus? Okay, so have a little chat and see what things you can think of. We'll come around and find out what you can remember.
further one minute, oh, hello. In a further one minute, I'm going to send uh, the third member of the Lion preaching team to see what you've come up with, see the stories you've remembered about Jesus eating and how those people might have felt having him around. Okay, Beth and Lyon will now come and see if you've got anything you'd like to share with the rest of the room. Any inspirational moments? Like, oh, yeah, that was what it was like eating with Jesus there. I remember that from the Bible. So just stick your hand in the air if you've got something to share with us, Joseph Bullen over there. So what is it? The Last Supper. The Last Supper. Tell us about that. What was it like for the people who were there, do you reckon? Excited. Potentially, yeah. Amazing. Amazing, great. Thank you, Bullens. Anyone else got any other stories they can remember of people meeting Jesus, maybe eating with him, maybe being welcomed by him? Here we go. Feeding the 5,000. Oh, I heard that one somewhere else as well. Yeah, he's stolen your thunder. Brilliant, yeah. And what would you think it would have been like to be there with Jesus at the feeding of the 5,000? Grateful. Yeah, yeah, I reckon they would have been seriously hungry before that miracle happened. Yeah, might have been a bit hangry, that's what I was thinking. And then, like, gobsmacked. Right, let's have some from the back. Here we go, Bethan. When he ate with Mary and Martha, and I, I wonder if Martha felt very uncomfortable, but came away with, after Jesus said to her that Mary had... Um, that, that, you know, that sitting at his feet was more important. Amazing. I yeah. wonder if it also says to us that it's not what you lay on. It's about, you know, if it's a cup of tea and a biscuit, it doesn't have to be in your home. It can be a picnic. It can be people bringing their own food and sharing. It can be anything. I love it, yeah. We don't have to. A bit of discomfort, a bit of, a, but a bit yeah. of reality about what's actually important. Amazing. Great. Thank you. Go on, there must be someone else. Let's have one more. Here we go, Jackie. Um, when he said to Zacchaeus, we've come to your house, we ate with Zacchaeus. And for Zacchaeus, what do you reckon that was like? I think this kind of, wow, he wants to eat with me. He sees this me. Is, yeah, he, this is me. Wow. Why, mm. why me? Yeah, wow, that's me. Great. Anything online, Phil? Uh, yes, there's Zacchaeus' story is very popular online as well. Um, incredible story of a man turned around by just having a meal with Jesus. Uh, really popular there. Feeding the 5,000s mentioned, Sarah, thanks for that. And Rob's just piped up with, I love the story where the disciples eat the grain on the Sabbath and they get into trouble for it, but Jesus sticks up for them against the Pharisees. I hadn't thought of that one, yeah. So we're going to share some, we've got four things that we thought of. Actually, you're bang on. Lots of those things that you mentioned, we also thought. Um, so the first one, if we can have that slide, 
is around acceptance and belonging. So I very much like that Zacchaeus story. When Jesus hung out with people, um, he, he noticed them. So that Zacchaeus story, he saw him. And he wasn't a very popular chap, actually, where he lived. Um, but um, but um, Jesus saw him and wanted to hang out with him. Um, and in fact, the, the disciples that he chose to hang out with as well, they weren't necessarily a straightforward bunch either. Um, they were often quite confused. I think I would have been as well, hanging out with Jesus. Um, they were quite competitive sometimes. And they were a, a bunch of people that didn't really naturally fit together. Um, and they were very ordinary. But actually, I like to think of all the times when Jesus maybe sat around the fire with them or had breakfast with them or shared a little chat with them. And, and loads of those won't be recorded in the Bible. Um, and actually, he believed in them and he thought, this bunch of people can start my church. And that, that really is really heartwarming for me. See, acceptance and belonging, this, this is the very core of the entire gospel story where God himself gave up all the benefits of heaven to share our space, to hang out with us um, through the life of Jesus, not lording it over us anymore, not taking over the room, but serving and blessing people um, in a way that made them more alive, more whole, more restored, more themselves. Um, I want to just remind you of a book that Rich Wilson shared uh, last week on, in his talk. He pointed to a book called Radical Hospitality. I got myself a copy, and I've got to be honest, it's amazing. It's written by some Benedictine monk uh, people who are famous for their welcome. That's one of their kind of core principles. And it's full of really good stories of just people meeting people, being with them. And it's well worth a read. And uh, I want to ask the question, what, what would it look like if every time we meet with anyone in any context, we could remember that we're sharing that person's space? And in doing so, we could bring a little bit of heaven's goodness closer to that person. What? If we could remember that every time we meet anyone in any context, I think that's the core of the gospel. Um, so that's acceptance and belonging. The, the next thing we drew out of some of the meetings of, of people uh, with Jesus was people's eyes were opened. They understood more in their heads and more in their hearts about who God is, about what the kingdom of God looked like. Um, a great example is Jesus' friends on the road to Emmaus who were really confused. Uh, they didn't know what was going on anymore. Um, Jesus had, had died, been raised, moved on. Very confusing time. But Jesus broke the bread and gave it to them and their eyes were open. They realized this is Jesus we are walking with. Their eyes were open. They recognized him and their lives were changed. The next one is a great one. Here we go. People experience good gifts and being set free. So I love that we mentioned the feeding the 5,000. I was also thinking about the wedding of Cana. So we were at a wedding yesterday, and it was a wedding where the, the wine ran out. And I love that Jesus was the one at the wedding who wasn't saying, oh, you should have budgeted better, or don't drink too much, be careful. Actually, he just loved to, to bless them by giving them the best ever wine. I love that story. Um, but also in the, um, the feeding of the 5,000, you know, he suddenly made a picnic that was miraculous. Um, and that was incredible. Um, and that there's always enough in God's family. You know, we might have our perception of how, what's enough. And when we pack our picnic, have I made enough sandwiches? That's what I was thinking this morning. You know, but actually in God's kingdom, there's a different kind of enough. There's always enough in Jesus. And you had a really good reflection on this. Yeah, I just wondered if you've ever thought of hospitality as, as a stand against anxiety. 
And what I mean by that is that uh, taking Jesus, com- t- there's two commands that Jesus gives. <laughs> Thanks, assistant. Uh, two things that Jesus says um, about anxiety. He says, don't be worry and be generous. In, in a lot of different ways, he says that. But not worrying means that we're free to give away today because we know we're not anxious about having enough tomorrow. We don't need to cling on to what's ours or store up riches. So the, one of the commandments of Jesus to not worry is wrapped up in hospitality. It's a stand against that anxiety to give things away and to share, isn't it? Um, and then the other part of that command of being generous, uh, I'm not anxious today because I know that God will provide for me tomorrow. I don't need to cling on to this so I can bless someone else today because I know that tomorrow, maybe even through the church itself, I will have enough again. So there's one for you. Stand against anxiety by being hospitable. Great. So that was good gifts and being set free. And the final one is challenge. I'm really glad that you came out with that Martha story. Um, But I think Jesus, often we don't think of a a good get-together with someone as being a little bit uncomfortable. But I think a lot of the encounters people had with Jesus, they were made to feel a little bit uncomfortable because he had a different way of looking at their lives. He certainly challenged the norms, so what was normal in that time. Um, And he shared meals and hung out with people who other people thought you shouldn't do because either they'd done wrong things or they weren't very good people. Um, And and Jesus um, was famous for saying, it's not the healthy who needs a doctor, but the sick. I've come come to call not the righteous, but sinners. And exactly, I thought of the story of Martha and Mary, two sisters who had Jesus over for dinner. One of them was very busy in the kitchen sorting things out, and the other was listening to Jesus and being with him. And Jesus um, stopped um, Martha, the one who was busy in the kitchen, and said, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over these details. There is only one thing to be concerned about. And I think sometimes being with Jesus can be a little bit of a wake-up call, and it can challenge us, and it can be uncomfortable, but that's, it's, it's from a place of um, our loving Father. So great. I think you covered loads of what we thought, and there's so much more, isn't there? But that's just a little taster of some of the Bible stories of what Jesus, it was like to hang out with Jesus. So moving on to the next bit is, what's our experience like today? Obviously, we haven't, we're not able to meet Jesus physically in person. We're imagining him on this chair, but actually that's not our reality But most of us in our lives will have had times where we've been touched um, by encountering other people um, and people who are made in his image. Um, And it can show us a little bit what it'd been like to have eaten and lived and spent time with Jesus. So our next question for our table is going to come up. So what person, or it could be people, have shown you welcome or kindness? And did you encounter Jesus through them? So I'd love to hear some stories of what your thoughts are on that. So online or in in the building, have a little chat and we'll come and find out what you think.
You've got 30 seconds just to get your thoughts out. Right, we've got Bethan on the mic again. Hopefully Hi. some good stories to share. Joseph Bullen always has his hands up first. <laughs> Full marks for enthusiasm there. Right, so let's have a little hush. Let's hear, Joseph, what's, what stories have you got? My mummy and daddy welcome me into my life. Wow, that's deep. My mummy and daddy welcome me into my life. I love that. Well done, Sam and Lizzie. Hopefully they've done a good job ever since. Yesterday, Maxie came around for a sleepover and managed to sneak past me, go all the way around to Jack and ask Jack if he could make me breakfast in bed and brought it up and woke me up an hour and a half later with breakfast in bed, wow. which was lovely. Is this going to be an ongoing tradition, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely, lovely story. Thank, well done, Maxie. Any other tables? You and your family. Oh, thanks, Ella. We enjoy having you over on a regular basis. That's a great one. Got Liz. We went to a fantastic barbecue at Ros and Jack's, hosted by them and their um, house group. Great. And the second bit of the question, anything to add? How did you encounter Jesus, Liz? Just put you on the spot. Um, I just think by the care and the thought that had gone into the food and welcoming us. Yeah, really thoughtful. Right, one more. We've got Sharon at the back, Bethan. I would just like to say thank you to Anita, who made me really welcome when I walked into church this morning. Thank you. I wasn't in a very good place. And I walked in and Anita just made me really welcome. So there wasn't any food involved. We could have food another time. But... Anita just made me really welcome and let, let me just offload. And I think I did encounter Jesus through just her, her openness to just listen. It's amazing, isn't it? It just could be those little moments of welcome. Thanks, Bethan. I've got one online here I'm going to read. Um, so Sarah Reed says, there's so much over the years. I feel really valued. Oh, I've really valued the time people offer to listen and to be able to share vulnerabilities with. And I always sense Jesus' presence in these encounters. Um, and Nathaniel says, even currently, he's been put up by a friend while moving between houses and that she's been really generous. So some really good stories there. So I've just got one story to share from my own experience, which is, um, again, it's not a, not a matter of eating with someone. It was just a, um, a small moment. But um, I shared it with my colleague um, at work on Friday, and we were both a bit teary about it because um, um, a few years ago I started in a new workplace, um, and it was, um, uh, unfortunately, it was uh, still a building site because the, the site where we were working wasn't yet finished. Um, and it ended up being a little bit muddly because I didn't meet anyone who I'd been interviewed with. I didn't meet anyone I knew, and there was a large number of staff all starting. But there was nowhere, um, no desks. I couldn't get into the office. So we're actually outside on a summer's day, all kind of being briefed. Um, and I know for me it's really important that I have that sense of where I belong and where I fit. And my dad said that when I um, started nursery, 
um, like age three or four, apparently I turned up and I said, hi, I'm Lucy, where's my peg? So it was like really important, I knew where to put my stuff. So it was quite an unsettling start to starting a new job, which was actually quite a big, a big deal for me. But I've got this lovely colleague called Amber, and I did say, I, I, I asked if I could share it. But she's so warm, and she straight away, after about three days of not really knowing where I was, she made a beeline to me. We had some chats. We went and did a, um, had a meeting, and she made me feel so wanted to be there um, that I'd expected. She, she helped me kind of navigate this kind of muddly environment we were, and it just made the world of difference for me in terms of knowing um, that I was accepted and I belonged. Um, so, you know, again, no food or anything, but it was actually her giving me that presence and the time kind of really made a big difference to me. So I wanted to honour her. So thanks, Amber, if uh, she ever listens to this. So we're going to move on to the final question now. Um, and um, oh, this is you, Phil. It's got my name next to this bit. So uh, our, what's our response to this? Um, in Matthew 25, Jesus talked to his friends about how to follow his example of how he treated people. If they were to carry that out, so um, accepting opening people's eyes, surprising them with good gifts, helping them be free, and even gently challenging. The way Jesus had treated the people he met, if his disciples were to treat people in that same way, he explained that it would be a bit like we were doing it for Jesus. In fact, not a bit like. He said, you are doing it for me. Um, the exact words are, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. So Jesus identifies with all the people we may come across who might need this kind of love. If we do it for them, we do it for him. Jesus' friends didn't fully understand that at first, but I think it's to do with the fact that God makes us all likes him and he loves us so much he wants to share that through the church. Um, and for this reason, we take the business of hospitality really seriously. It's the core of the gospel message. Um, there's some people I know, uh, I don't know if they still do this, but did used to set an extra place at the dinner table every night as a reminder that Jesus was with them. Really powerful image, isn't it? Um, but Jesus promised that when we hang out with the sick, the stranger, the other, the, the lowly, it will be as if we are hanging out with him. So I wonder um, if you would consider who, who could sit at this seat today? Who comes to mind in your world that could sit in Jesus' place? Because if you serve them, it will be as if you were serving Jesus himself. I wonder if a guy came in off the street now and sat in the seat that you've reserved for Jesus on your table, how you would feel about that? Maybe you'd be excited because you could practice this straight away. Maybe you'd be uncomfortable because that doesn't very often happen in our world. But if we were to treat a person who sat there the same way we would treat Jesus, Jesus says, yeah, you've done that for me. So that, that gives us another question that I'd like you to uh, consider. And it's, it's on the big screen, so I'll read there. What people in my life have I or could I accept or to help belong? Who could I talk to or pray for about Jesus so that eyes are opened? Who could I surprise with good gifts? Or who could I help to be more free? Who needs a gentle challenge? 
maybe a name came straight to mind, or maybe you're having to sort of chat about it and think about it now, but um, if you've got a pen, it would be really powerful, I think, to actually write their names on the seat reserved uh, sign that we've given you. But they're your questions for the next couple of minutes. Who in my life have I or could I accept, pray for, talk to about Jesus, surprise, or help them be free? Over to you.
All right. Um, from the front here, we're trying to judge whether you're still talking about this or now moving on to cricket or something. And, and we're, we're getting a sense that some people are moving on to the tennis, cricket, that sort of conversation. So, you know. Bethany. So we've we got our assistant. So if, if you want to share any of this with us, that would be brilliant because I, th I feel really encouraged and supported and yeah, challenged by other people's stories in this, in this way. Um, please be aware we're broadcasting this online so um, you can share names if appropriate, but maybe you feel just a generic story uh, would be better. So, Bethan, can you go and find anyone who's got a story about people they could or have helped in these ways? Or just pick someone and point a microphone at them. Um, a lovely Moroccan lady had us around yesterday um, and she, I found it really challenging <clears throat> when she said to me, um, I don't have any English friends, you're my only one and I don't really see her very often at all. <laughs> um, and she was like, I'm desperate for some English friends because I really want to practice my English and get to know them but I actually don't have any other than you. And the fact that she even included me as a friend when like... I see her so irregularly was very humbling, but also made me think, wow, like the stakes are high here. And yeah, just challenged that, like, I'm not great at making time <laughs> for people like that who I think God connects me with. But yeah. Prowling, don't be shy. We've got one online here from Sarah. Uh, people are still isolated and haven't been able to mix socially for over two years. That that is still going on. I know a lot of us are enjoying meeting up together, um, but that's still going on. Some people are still in a situation where they cannot mix, as we are here today. Um, Sarah knows quite a few, but how to physically help and include those folk is challenging. Um, later on, when we uh, share our picnic, let's be thinking of these people, how maybe we could include them in some way. Have we got any more in the room? Well, you've been handed the mic back, so yeah. I guess not. Susie. Oh. Yeah, we've got um, Thursday afternoon adult social club, and um, basically the idea is just to chill, play a bit of pool, table tennis, games and just accept people and help them feel a sense of belonging and then if they want to talk about uh, what's going on in their lives sometimes it's an opportunity to talk about Jesus and uh, yeah we try we have cheese toasties which gives them a good gift every time <laughs> and what a lovely simple idea but yeah it probably makes such a difference to um, those that attend Bethan's actually got something here as well well, there's someone in my class that I feel sorry for, and I feel like they need to feel accepted. Yeah, so actually people who feel a bit isolated within a, in Bethan's class actually has an opportunity to uh, be a good friend to them. Cool. So we've got a few stories that we want to share just about... Um, oh, yeah, so we've got a couple of stories we want to share. By no means, you know, this, we are massively challenged by all of this altogether, but... Um, just think we need to be sharing more stories to inspire each other about kind of what kind of things we could do and sometimes it's the simplest things isn't it that um can make a big difference to people's lives because god's involved in that 
Um, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Um, so we, we, um, we have a house. We have um, a, a, a couple of spare rooms. So we have able to have, um, we're lucky enough to have a kind of 20 people live with us in the past kind of um, so many years. Um, and um, Tuya is one of our current um, lodgers. Um, and I was hoping she was going to be here because I wanted to um, just to let her know how much we appreciate it really. But um, we've really, she's really embraced. We've got like a couple of family mottos. One is um, people are more important. It's a bit vague, don't challenge it too much, but it generally makes us think about other people. Um, and then the other is there always, there's always more room at our table. Um, and I just love the fact that she's really embraced that. So when we sometimes have people around, she serves her socks off. She's like doing the washing up. She's like helping, you know, listen to people. But what I love is that she then has kind of picked up that mantle and she started inviting people over. And we've just got to meet such a lovely bunch of quite eclectic normally for her friends. And we've, we've been able to enjoy hanging out with her. And it just feels, um, it's just got real lo- li- life to it. So we've really enjoyed that. Phil's got one as well, haven't you? Uh, yeah, the thing about having lodgers is you give up control of a certain part of your world in your home. Um, we woke up a couple of weeks ago, um, and one of our lodgers said, uh, oh, by the way, um, there was a knock at the door last night about 2 a.m., so I answered it, and this homeless guy wanted a blanket. So I, I, I gave him a blanket out of the front room. I hope that's okay. And we were like, which blanket, which blanket, which blanket was it? I hope you gave him the spare one, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And, and it wasn't, it was one of the really nice blankets. And we had to hold that lightly and, and, and accept that challenge from Jesus that we give away our best. Now, we'd been forced to give away our best without any control over that matter, but actually it spoke to us so strongly of what would I have picked the best blanket to give away? P- probably not, but I'm thinking about that now and I, maybe I would. Um, but I, I had the privilege of meeting this guy the next day because he was still hanging around our area and sitting down with him, having a chat. Now, this is a guy with many problems and drink issues and all sorts of stuff going on, but this is also a guy who has met Jesus over his years. And he's known as the guy that talks about Jesus amongst his homeless friends and this kind of stuff. And it actually felt probably the most strong experience I've ever had in my life of when you sit with someone like this, you are with Jesus um, as I served this guy and we chatted about the blanket and I asked him to make sure we got it back and that kind of thing. Um, we can always swap it for the other blanket. Yeah. No, we, did, we didn't. He gave us it back. It's all right. He even got it washed for us, which was very kind. Um, but yeah, sitting with that guy and just accepting, God, you, you've challenged me here via my lodger <laughs> to treat this guy as I would treat sitting down with Jesus for a chat. And um, yeah, so thank you, Laura, for your generosity on our behalf. <laughs> Um, another story is that um, over the Christmas just gone, um, we joke about it because it sounds quite poetic, but we had a, we had a, a colleague of mine who came to um, stay with us for a while, and her name was Storm. So we talk about the storm that came for Christmas. It sounds like a, a book you could write, doesn't it? Um, but anyway, so she was, I found out that she was struggling to find somewhere to stay, and she had a two-hour commute both to and from work, and so it was... Um, or maybe it was there and back, I can't remember. Anyway, but it was a long, a long way in the car. And, um, and so I said, you can come and stay in our spare room. Um, and so she did, and that was fine. Um, and it was just before Christmas, only a few days away. And then literally the morning um, after she'd moved in, we had a text from her to say that she'd con- um, tested positive for COVID. So we were like, oh. 
And so it meant that basically her Christmas kind of plans to meet up with people um, were cancelled, and so were ours, because our family didn't want to come into a COVID house at the time. Um, and that was really hard, really hard for her, really hard for us. Um, but what I loved about it was that... Um, it created an opportunity for us as a family to kind of think, okay, how can we bless her in this situation of actually rubbish doing Christmas in isolation in a room? Um, and it was almost kind of like a campaign of fun of how we could kind of bless her. And I love that kind of like surprise. How can we surprise people with good gifts? Um, and that's what it kind of felt like. And um, I, I messaged her recently just to, to get permission to share the story. And she reflected that she hadn't lived with a family since she was last with her own family in Zimbabwe. Um, and so she was a bit apprehensive, um, but she felt, she, she felt really part of the family and she didn't feel like a stranger, which was like the, the biggest compliment that she could give us. Um, and in turn, we got um, to have the experience of her sense of fun and she taught us like some crazy recipes um, for like pancakes and all sorts of things. So that was, um, oh, it was a win-win situation. I did the last one. Time-wise, I think we need to move on. To move on. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, ask us more. We've got a few more, but uh, we need to make sure we've got time for picnics. Um, so that's really good. Yeah. So I just think we could all agree that it's actually incredibly challenging to look at who Jesus is um, and what does it look like to respond to his example to us or um, hospitality that we've experienced through other people. Um, and we recognize, don't we, that Jesus's version of hospitality isn't comfortable. Um, it will often be quite costly. It can inconvenience us. Um, so we've heard the story of the blanket. You know, that actually created a little reaction in me. Um, but, you know, we had to swallow that up. And um, another little story, hopefully Finn won't mind, but often when we've had people over for dinner as a family, um, when our kids were younger, Finn liked to sit in a certain seat. And we'd look at him and his, you know, a visitor would sit in his seat and he'd be looking at us going, oh, and we'd be like, Finn, it's okay. You know, so sometimes, almost metaphorically, you know, Jesus will ask to sit in a different seat and it will do something that inconveniences us and makes it uncomfortable for us. Um, so with that, we've got an extra challenge you to consider you don't not forced to do this but you've shared potentially what some of your favorite picnic items this has got phil lyon written all over it hasn't it anyone who knows him um but yeah you so we've identified what some of my favorite sausage rolls there's an opportunity there isn't there even within this setting to give away the best of what we have to bless other people if we can do it in this context maybe we can do it with people we haven't met yet or with people yet we're, um, you know, that aren't so easy to hang out. You're quite an easy bunch to hang out with. Um, but there's some people out there who aren't quite so easy. What would it look like for us to give away something that actually we were really looking forward to and hold quite dear? So, so yeah, practically, the, the challenge is there. Uh, for the people online, if, if you like the sound of any of the food that people talked about in their picnic, put in a bid. We'll try and get it to you. Uh, if you really love original Pringles... I wouldn't know. There might be crying children over there. No, don't go. Don't, you can't have the Pringles. But put in a bid. Maybe you can share something with us. We'll find a way. I've just promised something I'm not sure I can deliver, but we'll give it a go. Um, so the, the worship guys are going to come up and we're going to have another song where we can just celebrate God's goodness. And also, this gives you a really practical chance to nip out and make yourself a sandwich with the 
um, basic sandwich items provided if you want to, or to share your best with another table. Go for it, just be generous. You, you can be sure that if you share your best, maybe someone else's best will come to you, eh? And if not, we're practicing standing against anxiety, so that's cool as well. <laughs>